0: Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands, the habitat, the hunting, and of course, your favorite bird dogs.
1: Earlier this month, Pheasants Forever and Ron Shera Productions celebrated The 17th anniversary of bringing our shared love for upland bird hunting and upland habitat conservation to the television airwaves. The new season of The Flush airs on Outdoor Channel four times a week. And all these times are Eastern, so mark them down as Eastern and then adapt to wherever you are. Mondays, 10.30 a.m., Wednesdays, six thirty AM, Fridays, five thirty PM. Happy hour. Yeah, there you go. And Saturday mornings, the signature time slot, eight thirty AM, kicking off your Saturday adventures. Introducing the hosts or two of the hosts of the flush. There's it's kind of a uh amalgamation of you got the best too (laughs) the others aren't here so i'm saying it brother love travis good to see (laughs) you travis frank bill shirk uh guys thanks very much you've done i know you've done a series of podcasts already today isn't uh, it an amazing world that we
2: get to talk all the time about i mean hunting season doesn't go away anymore that, it's
1: like at the NFL. We're, yeah. we're getting there. We're almost equal to the NFL. <laughs> we got probably about the same amount of viewers. <laughs> if you had first pick in the Upland draft. <laughs> I'm not taking. I am not taking Tarmigan. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> I will not take Tarmigan. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with the uh, Hungarian Partridge. <laughs> what, are you, what are you taking?
1: Oh well, if I said anything other than pheasants or quail, I'd be, <laughs> yeah, you'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. Well, ask it a different. If you had first pick of all the bird dogs you've ever hunted with in your entire life on the show, uh, let's let's take it for cause, Yeah, we're going to maybe alienate something, but we're talking one. (laughs) Oh, we're going to alienate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know know who I'm picking. This this is uh, much safer than choosing between pheasants and quail (laughs) or ptarmigan. Yeah, yeah, you know who you're picking? Yeah, I'm going to pick boondog. 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 George? George George Lyles, Lyles.
2: English pointer, boon. I've never had a bad hunt with that dog. Yeah. And I just love that we're going boondogging.
0: Every single time (laughs) we
2: get out of the truck. That dog always finds a bird. Rock solid. Does not flinch mm. off of a point and does not bust a covey. Does not. I mean, it can. I've seen that
1: English Pointer,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've hunted um, rough grouse in Ontario with that dog. I've hunted bob whites in Oklahoma, sharp tail grouse in Montana, Hungarian partridge and chucker in Wyoming. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Let's see. Pheasants <laughs> in Minnesota. North Dakota sharp-tail grouse. I that dog does not matter where I've hunted, and so that's the reason why I have the dog I have today.
1: Well, so. it's also the reason. Like George Lyle is the um, uh, de facto fifth host. <laughs> yeah, of I the know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because the surest way he likes to, to get think on so. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the surest way to get on a bird hunting oriented television show. Is to have a great dog, yeah. isn't it? It is most it of is. the time. <laughs> and, and there yes. may have
0: been a golden retriever or two.
1: <laughs> well,
2: and then send us an invite. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I I look at comments on social media, and mm. I got a couple more today that said, "How about just go with a regular old hunter for mm. once?" and And I'm like, "We hunt with our viewers all the time." Mm. Half of our season is with our viewers right. this year, and he goes, "Well, not somebody that like that uh, a rep for a gun company or something." I think that was one of the comments today, and I'm like, "Literally, uh, half of our season is
1: just you know like we hunt with <laughs> like we hunt with it, all yeah. kinds of people, pheasants, forever biologists." yeah. yeah. It, it, it does. That is one of the irritating pieces when you get feedback, uh, whether it's social media trolls or emails, where they sort of paint your show, in my case, you know, our organization with everybody else. Like, uh-huh. oh, you guys just care yep. about the money. Then, you know, the money just goes to, you know, a big fancy, uh, you know, high rise somewhere. Like, have you ever <laughs> been to the Pheasants Forever <laughs> warehouse slash office building well there's wildflowers
2: out front
3: of well we They're do have beautiful. some volunteers but yeah you're
1: it, like everybody that thinks that there's a, a money hole somewhere with uh leather seats leather uh leather chairs and you know a, a whiskey in the the liquor cabinet at the office you just come to 1783 berkeley circle yep. and i'll <laughs> give you a tour anyways uh First pick in the, uh, in the uh, Upland Draft, what dog are you picking, Bill?
0: Travis, can you guess it? Because I proclaimed it for this season on The Flush. Mm. Seven uh, lives, Ike. I was going to say
2: it was a seven lives, Ike. I have yeah. a
0: connection with that dog and have for several years. And yeah. Maybe I'm a sap, but...
2: A little bit, yeah. Ike
0: and I have just had our moments together. Ike is a... Three-legged dog, right? So
1: is this the one from a TV, like we did it, you did a show yep. eight years ago. Yep. The single most feedback, positive feedback we've ever gotten about any particular show is about this one with this dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Ike was a um, dog that was brought from the Czech Republic. Did I say that right? Yeah, Czech Republic public to be a pheasant dog. Mm-hmm. Here in the Midwest. The owner had the dogs out one afternoon. And the dog came back to the porch and wasn't acting right. And there was blood. And long story short, Ike had been gored by a buck deer. And it got his tail um, side. And he was paralyzed. And eventually lost a leg. Now... That dog is not – it's not realistic that that dog is going to flourish in heavy habitat and cattails and everything Mm -hmm. else. So the dog goes up on an adopt site, Mm -hmm. and my buddy Scott Sorensen and his wife, you know, living up in Grand Marais, Scott's running the fly shop. He's a grouse junkie. His wife sees this dog, you know, pulls at the heartstrings. Now Scott's got a three-legged – therapy session going and they brought ike back <laughs> you know because yep. the video of this thing with the cone around its head after the amputation and just whimpering it
2: just <laughs> so, but it, so it lost the fight to the buck yep then it also got in a fight with a, a wolf, wolf yeah. right oh,
0: man. <laughs> seven <laughs> lives ike. yeah so, how many lives, so how they bring many ike seven? back to life. It's now running, you know, Forest Service trail. Scott starts hunting it, and Zeus, his partner dog up there, Mm -hmm. they get out the screen door one night, and nobody can find them, and they're driving around, and here comes this dog limping back, covered in blood. You know, they grab poor Ike in a heap. The one vet is on call and happens to be in Grand Marais that evening, so they take him in, and they didn't think he would survive the night. And. Mm. Few years later, Ike is my favorite hunting buddy. <laughs> you know, you just yes, it's a very um, compelling story. Mm-hmm. But when you're with that dog, right, mm-hmm. with a dog like that, sharing the woods, and you have the positive moments together, it just creates a connection that nobody can. Yeah take
1: and yet yeah, you've been there yeah well similarly with george lyle scott Sorensen, terrific human being yes and that you yes know, the apple doesn't far fall fall far from the tree no you know good people help produce good bird dogs yeah you know and to that end my my first pick will be a gentleman whose dog or, let's see a dog and the gentleman you had on your podcast here recently, John, John Zeman's Z- yes. Luna, a uh, uh, short hair. I know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that dog, um, you know, I've I've grouse hunted, pheasant hunted, I've been on horseback in the yeah. uh, prairies of Montana uh, chasing sharptails, and literally that dog was a speck on the map that I'd watch on you know on on GPS. And lock up on point, and it was like this is why we have horses, right, John? <laughs> so, right, right. That dog was on, you know, whole wouldn't point. Budge, wouldn't I bet. budge. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we are in, like, Malax WMA, and we're walking a trail, and you know, John looking he's like, I got Luna seven hundred yards yep. in the grouse woods. In the grouse woods, yep. Yep. And that dog is rock solid, like, uh, you know, and few false points. Oh, yeah. I mean, the do- sometimes birds have wandered off, and they'll flush from a distance. Or, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that dog knows what it's doing. And, you know, the only sad thing is, you know, you see the dog getting older and older. I, I think that pup is like 11 and still just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But – uh you know, the windows close in two. And I those would, are literally three of hundreds I was just gonna say dogs, that, but right? like there's so yeah. many stories, so there, many it's,
0: favorites. It's
2: really hard to pick. I mean, I guess George and I are buddies and we train together mm-hmm. now and you know, so Boone is like a partly a member of my family almost too. <laughs> but that's not to say that there aren't so many other dogs that I've hunted with too that I'm just like I would love to hunt with that dog all year long. You know, I mean and, and what's interesting too is We've been given Bill the opportunity over the years to hunt with dar- darn near every breed, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of people that I firmly believe, you know, they've got a dog that they grew up with. They they've been a lab guy their whole life, or mm-hmm. lab girl, or whatever. And you know they they've had this one breed. And you most people don't hunt with dozens of other people around the country and dozens that have dozens of different breeds of dogs. Mm-hmm. So I've really learned a lot about these different breeds which
1: has been a lot of fun for me too a- any breed that you're like oh, i could see myself adding that one to the it own. was really challenging <laughs> for me yeah there was <laughs> Bill. Bill's not, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i um a
2: german warrior here for a while yeah. i hunted with one that was just like I, I maybe it was just the temperament of that dog mm-hmm. but it was just like super chill mm-hmm. and but also was willing to get out there and reach a little further Mm. um but uh, more so i've you know i've really learned that if you want a dog that really like you talked about john's dog being a speck out there Mm -hmm. you know i've hunted with a few others that are similar and that's what led me to my dog daisy wanting a dog that's going to go out and that I can trust mm-hmm. to hold that point at four or five, 600 yards or go run up the top of the mountain. So I don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and so that I ended up with kind of the best of two worlds with my setter English, uh, GSP, English setter, <laughs> GSP poinsett poinsett setter. Yes. Yeah. Tyler Webster has some amazing dogs as mm-hmm. well. And, um, you know, they, there was an oops litter there. <laughs> and I've hunted with the mom and the dad, and they both rock. And I thought, only good things can come of this. Yeah.
1: And, boy, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> Any breed that surprised you over the years, Bill, and you're like, oh, boy, that's, I didn't know about that one.
0: Oh, gosh, there are so many, right? The, part of the essence of the television show, mm-hmm. first off, I don't own a dog, right? Mm-hmm. And I catch a bunch of flack from people. About that. But I have a family, they are um, very allergic. Mm. So it just doesn't work for our family. But it's fine because the essence of the show is I like highlighting. Everyone's got the best hunting dog on the planet, right? Everyone you meet. So it's fun highlighting those dogs. There's so many dang breeds. I was joking about the Goldens. You know, we've had some really good experiences Mm. with Mm. them as well as opposite end of the spectrum. But I'm kind of a sucker for French Britneys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like them as well.
0: You know, they're a little bit high maintenance. You've got to keep them happy. And...
1: Epignol Breton. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oui, oui, monsieur. But I just,
0: the size, the energy, I've hunted with some real good ones, you mm. know, and I just have a soft spot.
1: One thing that, you know, it, it seems like it's impossible and, and on television is to really put in a, like the, a personality, capture personality of a dog. Yeah. On te- I mean, yeah. It's, it's impossible, right? Yeah. I mean, you can get the human interest angle of a person, th- whether you don't even need the words, right? We can all understand face facial um, looks, mannerisms, but that just doesn't quite translate to a goofy ass dog. Well, I on think the camera.
2: closest that I've come is is your dogs, Bob. <laughs> Trying to get <laughs> not in a in a great way, just <laughs> the love that you have with your dogs, mm. and they share it. In the, I, love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's one yep. of the.
1: Cu- I don't want a couple of guys, here, so but that's one of the <laughs> cutest moments I've ever
2: seen in the field.
1: Do you know how where I taught that? Well, I, I maybe <laughs> haven't. So do you remember when the dome collapsed, Yeah, that snowstorm? So yeah. Billy and I, Bill, Captain Billy Hill, the brand new, I do K-Fan with one of the few times we were sponsored, uh, the show was sponsored to do a live remote two shows, Thursday night, Saturday morning at a South Dakota pheasant hunting destination. And, um, it was in, uh, Hitchcock, South Dakota. Wow. And, uh. Then the skies opened up, and it snowed so much across the Dakotas and Minnesota that the Metrodome collapsed. Oh, my gosh. And we were – you remember this, right? And Billy and I were snowed in. We had – the first day we arrived there, it was oh, – it was just epic. And this is the story where Billy and I drove up. We got there, dumped our stuff, and then we and got in the trucks, and we're so excited You know know where I'm going with this? I don't think I've heard this story, Bob. I'm excited right now. We're following the guides to the field. We're so excited. We're in South Dakota. We get the whole weekend. We jump out and we go hunting. And like three hours later, we come back and our dogs just did awesome. We come back to the truck and Billy's trucks is still running (laughs) yes it's three it's it's been in the field three hours and his truck's still running because we were so excited to get out and go anyway so we just had a blast we get back to the lodge and then it snows so much overnight we just we get absolutely buried I mean there's no hope of getting out so he and I are in this lodge and, and we're like we're not we don't have cable we don't have anything so i taught trammel how to say i love you (laughs) (laughs) with treats (laughs) so yeah there's my tangent but uh so there is
2: a personality in a dog coming through right there and that you're right it is hard to capture that in a dog and in a lot of these dogs it's all business you know Mm -hmm. i mean if they're trained hunters they're you know they'll bring a bird back and they're on to the next yeah, one. Yeah. You know, it's like with my dog, I don't want, she does, she could care less about any affection at all. Mm. She only has a one track mind when it's hunting and it's the next bird, mm. the next bird. And so I'm trying to get her to slow down a little bit. Like, let's enjoy <laughs> this. <a> mm. <laughs> but I've seen other dogs are similar mm-hmm. in that they're just business mm-hmm. out there.
0: I think you can figure out a dog's personality. At least we try to for the show in the communication between dog and owner. Mm-hmm. And bleep. <laughs> right, you know the scr- of- <laughs> you know the screamers. Yes, we've all hunted with Snickers! them, right? <laughs> I, can't,
3: I can't even tell you how many
2: times I've said, "Guys, this is this is a PG show." Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and it's so funny because during the interviews, they're all like, "Bill, you've heard this a million times." It's, it's all about the dog. Yeah. Yeah. About it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the dog. Five minutes later, five
0: screaming. minutes later, you were just
2: cursing that dog out. The whole, you don't have any voice left.
0: And, and not for minutes, for hours, <laughs> for days. Yes.
2: We have channels on our camera, audio channels, uh-huh. and they come in. And they're – I'm not – Bob, we're not exaggerating. There are times when you have to turn some people's channels yes. off <laughs> but because you, you, otherwise you're just like, oh, your ears get blown out. So
0: the photojournalists who mm-hmm. are documenting this, mm-hmm. who work their literal hinds off, right, making this happen, they're hearing all this because they're wearing headsets yeah. carrying the camera through a field, which, by the way, those cameras tend to be a lot heavier than a shotgun, a little yeah. shout out. Yeah. But you'll have a microphone, and this person is screaming bloody hell, and so it's in their ears, so eventually they just have to click them out. Like, <laughs> done, out, off.
1: <laughs> so I've always wondered about the, that channel and the microphone because, you know, at first, when you get mic'd up for, to do a TV show, you're super aware of that, Yep. right? And you're, like, yep. sensitive and a little nervous, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm on the mic. And it takes about 15 minutes. you're in the haunt and then you forget everything. Yeah, you yep. right and you're the time. talking to your buddy and doing whatever. And I, I've always wondered, but you guys, at least the photojournalists, can hear yep. the conversations that happen, or even the muttering to the person stuff. So yep. like, there's got to be some funny shit or even <laughs> yeah. some, some, like where like they completely forget, and they're talking to their buddy and like. This guy is driving me crazy.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, this wasn't
1: on. A, this wasn't on a
2: flush shoot, but it was one of the other shows. It was uh, some guys that were going ice camping, right? And they're driving across the lake. And I think you were producing this one. I'm not sure, but I remember they're like, "Hey, let's hit this quick before we get out there. They're not. They won't know. They won't <laughs> know." <laughs> so they were gonna. They were gonna. Sp- Smoke one on the way across. <laughs> they thought they had enough time. Oh, and if, you know, the cameraman was filming something else and he's like, oh my gosh, oh. well, all right, here we go. You know, it what we're getting ourselves into. Right. You know, but the stuff that people don't know, because no. the mic range, depending, I mean, we go through a lot of microphones mm-hmm. all the time, but the range can be a half a mile, it can be a hundred feet, you know, depending on. The, how bad we've beaten them up.
0: It happens a lot. I can remember the very, very first time. Um, it was like the mid-90s. Ooh. I was doing television news at that point, And we were out with the DOT crew that was filling potholes. And they had this new technology, this gun that would shoot this porridge of asphalt. <laughs> and, and, uh-huh. and we're out on the interstate with them. And they hop into the truck and we're following to the next spot. And photographer Nick had the camera and still had his headset on and I'm driving the vehicle and he's like <laughs> but you gotta hear this. You know, he pulls <laughs> us pulls his headset out, turns up the speaker on the camera. And these guys are just ripping us to shreds. Yeah. You know, this is bleeping bullshit and this and that and the boss that made him deal with the no crew kidding. and just they news. hammering us. <laughs>
2: At least today when you go out into the field, people are generally happy to see you, Bill. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between our job and a news mm-hmm. job, which is where a lot of our cameramen have come from, mm-hmm. is night and day. And they say this all the time. When you show up on news, it's usually the worst day of people's lives. Mm. And we get to show up on some of their best days. Yeah,
1: and that's and where you came from, it isn't it, Bill?
0: mm I want to talk about some of the moments of the show that people never see.
1: All right. So let's get into the show. Let me hit uh, mutual partner, Onyx. If you want to find more birds this hunting season, look no further than the Onyx Hunt app. Private and public land boundaries just begin to scratch the surface, as Onyx has countless tools to make you a safer and more successful hunter. Onyx is trusted by millions of hunters across the U.S., including me, and you can join them by downloading the app for a risk-free 7-day trial. Use the code Pheasants or Quail during checkout for 20% off your membership at onyxhunt.com. And you'll be glad to learn that a portion of all Onyx sales using these codes goes back to support Pheasants Forever and quail forever's wildlife habitat mission, leading to better habitat, more wild birds, and creating more public lands for all of us. Thanks to Onyx. All right, Bill, you're gonna you're gonna bring up some of uh, the great moments of the television show. That's yeah, there's a great transition. There's point. so many,
0: but you know, there's one that sticks in my head. It's the day we almost lost a hunter. <laughs> I mean okay. like not can't find them, like he was gonna die. Oh what? like and serious. I can tell this story. This okay. hunter's name is Rob Burrell. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> a coworker who happens to be our head of sales, loves to hunt. Uh-huh. We're out in South Dakota, weather goes from it's one of those sixty degree goes to twenty below trips. You know, the ground freezes, snow We're out walking, and um, we kind of all load up in the vehicles to get back. We had some clients with us, and there's no Rob Burrell. And temperature's like, I don't know, five below zero with the 27 (laughs) below wind chill. And we're like, where is Rob? And there's this little blaze orange speck. So I get out of the vehicle. We go, Running across the field, and here's Rob. He had stepped in, you know, like a badger hole, whatever, a badger hole or something. (laughs) Uh And his boot is locked in this thing, really. So we try to untie the boot and slide his foot out, doesn't work. You know, he's got the Fargo, the blaze orange Fargo fur hat on. (laughs) And when he realizes that we can't immediately help him get out, he goes into panic mode. Uh I, I'm starting to lose feeling in my extremities. he just like he goes downhill,
1: and so I'm taking. It's easy for me to laugh now, right? He was a, he was seriously
0: concerned. He was freaking out, but he's oh. a friend, so I'm taking cell phone video, giggling like a little schoolgirl, which takes it up another notch. Uh huh profanity has got got to be flying at this point we go get shovels but shovels are doing nothing now because the ground is absolutely frozen and rob is flipping his cork (laughs) and eventually the landowner walks up and you know lifelong farmer like shoves his hand down in this badger hole uses the leverage and power that only seasoned farmers have and brings rob out of this hole and (laughs) I'd never heard this before. But everyone else is across the field in the vehicles, and apparently they're all just dying.
3: Huh? <laughs> yeah, Meanwhile, it, Rob, <laughs> opposite
0: end of the spectrum, literally <laughs> thought he was going to <laughs> die that day. <laughs> I almost thought we were going to
2: lose Casey Wisemantle one day. We were out Ooh. in uh, Sand Lake Refuge in South Dakota, and it had frozen over, and he took the wide – he's like, I'll take the outside edge of the cattails mm. while he goes down. Mm. You know, and so he sticks his arms out just, just to stop, and I caught himself. So he comes walking back, up wet all the way, soaking wet all the way up past oh his boy. nipples. <laughs> he, got, <laughs> he crawled Lord. out of there through the cattails. but that, yeah, that A- could have been And was scared. it cold that day? Uh, cold enough to have ice. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, be, be kill- trying to remember, <clears throat> it, was, it was Carp and I, uh-huh. uh, Tom Carpenter, and... You have to ask Carp about that. I don't remember it being overly cold. Gotcha. But when you're that full of muck, you know, like oh yeah, I just was, through.
1: When I've had that happen to me, then, you know, in a really cold day, mm-hmm. then you just, you have stove pipes for legs. Yes. You yes. freeze Sort up. of walking yeah. out like a yeah. tin man, you yeah. know.
2: Yeah, he, he went straight to the truck after that. He didn't continue the rest of that walk. Mm. We caught up with him later on that afternoon. It happens if you hunt long enough. I mean, your dog gets in those positions. You get in positions. Mm -hmm. Um, Accidents.
0: Accidents happen. Yeah. We almost lost a dog two years ago, and that doesn't happen very often, but we were on the edge of the boundary waters Mm. hunting woodcock and grouse, and the dog got behind a granite bluff from us. Really, it was probably only 100 yards from us, but got on the other side of this thing Mm -hmm. and couldn't react to the collar beep Hmm. and now the collar you know that beep was echoing off of different it could figure out where to go couldn't figure out and just took off and we watched and in seconds that dog was a mile away from us kidding with no way to get him back yeah now we're off the grid yeah that was that was a hairy one we stayed put that was the only thing we knew to do because it was actually second half of the day. Uh-huh. So now we're thinking, oh, my God, this dog's going to – but we stayed put, and we let that dog figure its way back.
1: Have you guys ever talked about – I know every season you have you know production meeting. Like, what are we going to do? Who's going to take this show and do that? Have you ever talked about, like, like a bloopers, old-school bloopers <laughs> show, like – Or, or, you know, on the other end of that, like, best of, you know, signature moments of 17 years of producing bird hunting-oriented television?
2: That's a good question. We've never done a bloopers one. We've done, uh, like, kind of... picked some of our favorite public lands mm-hmm. but that was probably almost eight years ago now since we've done that yeah we're probably due for an update <laughs> i <laughs> i yeah because we come back with on average six seven eight hours of footage mm-hmm. and it gets whittled down to you know 20
1: minutes of 22 and, minutes and
0: honestly some yeah. of that stuff is what makes the show
1: episode right mm-hmm. right So I want to talk about that a little bit, Uh, the philosophical approach to the show. Because we talked about earlier the trolls out there, right? Like, one of the trolls is, wow, there's not that many birds. You guys are – you're at a game farm or – you know, there's <clears throat> Jimmy Big Times laying in the grass, releasing birds right. into the sky for you. You know, <laughs> Jimmy Big Time. You remember by the way. that show? Yes, was yeah. right? awesome. Just, I love Jimmy which is Big what time. they did, but that was the <laughs> which shrug. was that the was, stick, yes. right? It, Jeff Bergman, a local yes. guy, and his. I think his brother was Jimmy Big Time, if I recall correctly. Yeah, right? they're he, from
2: Central Minnesota. Yeah, up just by, uh, super fun, Pillager, Minnesota show, yes.
1: and um, you know, making fun of outdoor television, but. I mean, you guys take it to the extreme in the opposite, (laughs) avoiding that, right? I mean, it is. It's not entirely public lands, but it's a lot of public lands. Mm -hmm. It's all wild birds. I mean, philosophically, tell me about what you guys are trying to produce.
0: I was going to say, when when I take an email from someone accusing us of, oh, that was obviously a pen-raised bird. Look at the way it was walking. Mm -hmm. It's got a hole in its nose. I tend to shoot back a little bit Mm -hmm. on those emails and say, hey. You don't get to do that. Our crew works really, really hard.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Going out and chasing birds with a shotgun and a dog is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But having to do it with a camera and get good stuff and have it make sense is even more difficult. So we ex- we love what the show is, but I want people to understand, right, that our guys work hard. We're not making this up. We document reality. Reality.
1: And the... the- and A testament to that is, as we record this, the current show,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? In, in, in search of ptarmigan, in searching, in searching, in searching, in in searching, searching, in and but the, the story, and then, yeah, it, it's it's about the adventure. Yep, it's not about, you know, I I've done a fair number of bird hunting shows with other folks, and like, well, we need more kills on camera. I'm not talking about you guys. Right. Um, other sh- other shows that I've done representing pheasants forever and quail forever well, we need kills on camera that's right. what drives viewers I'm like i think i'm in the wrong place right this this doesn't represent I think me yeah, and my I mean, organization i mean certainly there is interest in you want to see success you want to see birds but like that quote kills on camera that's eh, not really what i'm after yeah, I think, I think um, you know, this is something
2: that started way before I began working at this company. It was just the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we try to do that on every episode. Bill does a great job, and I still feel like I'm learning a lot all the time, but I've got great mentors, and um, I love the hunt. So between those two things, I try to take people along on the journey. And, you, I, you know, when you're referencing the ptarmigan hunt, the reality was – 14,000 feet has very little oxygen, Mm. and it was painful for all of us up there. Uh, We went for three days and had three days, three different blizzards and a lightning storm come in, and when the lightning comes at that elevation, you can't be standing up. There's no place to hide. You either lay down flat or, um, you know, they were just like – the first lightning bolt that we saw was like that changed everything. Mm. Um, But we also had some pretty incredible – moments up there too and before we knew it the adventure to me felt like i wanted to tell it we didn't get the bird that Mm -hmm. i went there for that jim went there for dylan went there for but we got to experience something else else you Mm -hmm. know and that's to me was the first time i don't know we've ever aired a a flush episode that did not have a bird shot (laughs) you know Mm. a lot of them are you know, the first one that we did this season, our first episode, I I was talking internally here, and I was like, I don't know, we didn't have any struggle. <laughs> like, there was too many birds. It's, <laughs> it's what I said. To me, there was, you know, part of a real hunt on for wild birds is there's the challenge, and this particular one, it was uh, a dream hunt, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I don't know, like... We we get what we get, mm-hmm. and drought happens. And I got thrown off a horse this year, and you know the cameraman got it. Mm. You know, so pay attention coming up if you want to laugh <laughs> at me, it's coming. I almost I almost got thrown <laughs> off a
1: horse last night. Did you <laughs> yeah. over at John's place? Um, for Brooks who are training oh. dogs, and John has two horses, and they have to be together. And John was off, took off to, one of the young pups ran off. So John was trying to help find, and unbeknownst to me, he was going the other direction, and John's on Buckwheat, I'm on Angel, and Angel has to be with Buckwheat. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> whoop! <laughs> I was like, "Go! I'm in a full gallop, and I'm not a cowboy." Yeah. Oh.
2: It was fun, <laughs> but so cool to be just to be able to do that. Right, I right, mean, right. yeah, like my horse that I got thrown off was Fireball, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just like the the horses the way that they can read a human, right? You know, and the way that these cowboys talked it up before I got there, they just <laughs> they they put so much anxiety in me about this. Yep. Horse. Are you sure you can jump quick? If you sure your boots are don't have any tread, you got to be able to get out of that saddle you know and and she she doesn't like men and I'm like tell me <laughs> one good thing here, you know and then I'm like, okay, get on, yeah, and so I'm nervous and the horse, and then this guy's holding the reins, and she wasn't she wasn't ready and mm. she just she didn't buck she laid me down which was the nicest way she could have done it but get off me <laughs> exactly and so then i worked through it with her and we we became we pretty good buds
1: so i want to point people to you guys did An episode of the Flush podcast where you sort of talk with Ron was a little crotchety. (laughs) You don't say, which was which was entertaining in its own right. It was it was Rod, Share, Scott, Friends, and Travis and Bill. And if you want to listen to a podcast that kind of previews the entirety of the season, you guys talk about the different shows that um, you got coming up for the season. That's Mm -hmm. that's a great listen because you get the whole scope of what's coming in 2022 <laughs> yeah. bill i just want to you know you hunt. you did two shows for this coming season from one border to the other yes right? and I, I i'm curious obviously the north shore i love right i'm very uh i have a strong affection for the boundary waters scott Sorensen, who you hunt with you saw you saw spruces which i'm I am several did and in, in uh, lost after. <laughs> Just uh, I love Spruce, but it's the snipe that's got me really curious. Would you go back and hunt snipe in Florida?
0: All right, we'll get to Snipe in a second, but I wanna go back to the question you asked us a few minutes ago okay. because I think it's really important. You asked what the essence of yeah, the, the show is all about, right? Yep. We have been partnered with you guys for seventeen mm-hmm. years because we believe in everything. Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever are doing. And the show used to really wax about the habitat projects mm-hmm. and the local chapters and the fundraising and the work and the money staying local, which is still important. But I remember we were like 10 years or eight years into the show and we had this meeting, like, what's the next chapter? Yep. And the consensus among the younger half of the room seemed to be People want to know where they can go and find places to hunt. Hunting is not dead. Mm-hmm. It just feels that way at times. There are incredible resources all over the place. So we wanted to highlight some of those accessible resources and show just how wonderful bird hunting can be. Mm-hmm. Right? And we wanted maybe it to be a little bit edgier. Yeah. Too highlighting the hunts. And I'll never forget this. Joe Dugan. We were talking about the old show used to be called Pheasants Forever Television. Yep. We wanted something edgy. On Yes. And Joe stands up. I got I got it. I've got the name. I've got the name. You want edgy, you want young. We'll call it the Pheasant Country Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing. I said, Joe, that's what the show is right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> so, So we try to highlight adventurous Ooh. hunts a lot of public access and great opportunities. Yep. So, anyhow. Yep, that no, that's an important cuz
1: it is a distinction. I right? think the show started in 05 and you're right, there are stories about artists and and uh, it, it was sort of a new like 60 minutes for pheasant hunters.
2: Yep. Yep. And it, I remember one of the first ones I worked on and was, I wasn't a in the show. But I remember we went into a prison in Iowa mm. and inmates were building... Banquet uh, package
1: items. Yeah, yep. stuff yep.
2: that were going around the country to different banquets with yep. the Pheasants Forever logo on and they're handmade. You know, So those were kind of stories that were part of the TV and they were, show.
1: They were super well received it within our audience, right? But the general outdoor television viewer does want... You yep, more kills on camera, yeah, more excitement. action. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, it's, to me, the marriage that the flush is still has those ideals of who we are, right. our habitat story, our mission, public lands, and then infuses that with hunting and action and bird dogs. And the only way that works is if you have great storytellers,
0: you guys. Maybe.
2: I don't
1: know if I'd go over there. Well, Bill's uh, pretty good. Like, I Travis mean, you can, is pretty you good. Can, if you want, quote, unquote, more kills on camera, just go to your local game farm. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Honestly, <laughs> pull out your cell phone. If you want to whack them and stack them. Right. That's not how most of us want to go hunting.
0: But there are so many incredible places to hunt, mm-hmm. which takes us back to the question about snipe. And every red faced Cub Scout and Boy Scout on the planet who went out with a plastic paper bag and a stick <laughs> after dark and doot, 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 in the woods trying to snipe hunt, right? So it's almost like a joke when I say, Yeah, I'm gonna go to Florida and we're snipe hunting. It's hmm. it's intriguing and it's unbelievable. And we saw hundreds and hundreds of birds and all they hmm. did is apologize to us. Oh, normally there are four times as many. There are water- <laughs> but what happens is, and we joke, these are all Jersey Shore birds. They all fly down the coast, the East Coast, and they end up in Florida. And the rivers there have these big flats next to them. I, I called them the bayou, but it is not the bayou. Hmm. People who hunt down there will slap you on the hand. They are called prairies. Hmm. It's what they refer to as their prairies along the river hmm. right now where we hunted is under like six feet of brackish water why is that that's just the way the tides work for the season for the season gotcha. mm. end of summer come fall that water recedes those flats now are back and it's crazy because there are all these perfect circles out on the prairie and they're all um
1: tide pools sort of thing uh,
0: like like nests for oh. mahi-mahi and, huh. and all this stuff. So it's it's really cool. Um, but those shorebirds are on those flats because of that soft soil.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It allows their beaks to get down in, which I never knew this before, but uh, was down there with Flip Pallet, who everyone knows Flip Pallet. He's the guy in the Yeti commercials, Ooh. and he's made a life down there. And he talked about those beaks go down in. And the beaks are stiff, but the ends of them are malleable. Ooh. So they stick the hard beak down, and then the end kind of like s- feels around to find the worms. But they've got to have that soft soil. Ooh. And if you can find that right mix of soil and water, you're in birds. And it's unbelievable. But heads up, they fly like no other bird <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> right? You go yeah. on these quail hunts and legitimate quail flushes you have to be careful about who you're hunting with mm. right because you get blinders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and birds are going every direction snipe take that up like mm. threefold
2: hmm. how would you what, what would you compare that to you know like a grouse is tough because it's so fast yep. rough grouse in the woods mm-hmm. but yet a woodcock you know they they'll give you the layup sort of when they just go straight up and they kind of have that moment you know what i'm talking
1: about where they just when they get to the Uh, Peak of the canopy, sort of hold there, and then yeah, uh, where where people make the mistake with Woodcock is the tornado. They try to shoot it on the tornado going up, but Mm -hmm. if they wait till the
2: yeah, you got that moment climax. So so what does a snipe do then? How would you describe it?
0: They just laugh at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) they've they've got this little sound they make, like so many other birds, you know, and I'm not used to them. But those flats, those prairies are also full of all the other birds, Mm -hmm. kill deer and everything else. So, so there's an identification process and you get used to it, but it takes a little practice. Um, and they wild flush. You don't, most folks don't hunt dogs because Hmm. snakes can be a factor. Um, so it's a lot of wild flushing, and hmm. man, you you I'm have done to with be um, on.
1: Yeah, you've had a Ew. couple of years of in- snake encounters. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, definitely. Because we talked about the the Fort Pierre experience a year ago, and then mm-hmm. this new season, um, you had a experience in area. Yeah, it was right? a
2: foot away from stepping on one <sighs> coiled up, hmm. and yeah, I feel like. It, you know, we talked You were down there the same time I was, and did any part of your brain say beware for snakes?
1: No, especially uh, <laughs> about three a.m. when I was camping, and it was like 19? twenty-two degrees yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Like, and what yeah. happened? There were no snakes. <laughs> yeah, thank cold. goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, we always yeah. there the same time. It yeah, was,
2: there, I, was frost on, there was frost I, on the window yeah. that morning I when mean, we were you driving in.
1: And the hills and there's snow. There's yeah. snakes are hibernating.
2: Yeah, there was just enough sun on that south-facing slope. And it was warm that day, got up to almost 70. Mm. And we were right at the peak of the afternoon. And somebody had said that that snake would not have hit me. I don't know. It mm. was coiled up and mm. and in the attack mode that I didn't take one step, thank goodness, because Tyler saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Webster, he goes, no! <laughs> snake! snake, right as I'm about to take a step. And I jumped like 750 feet back in one leap, (laughs) one giant leap. The cameraman, he like punched a button because they're just like, their instinct is to no matter what, hit the record button when anything happens. And you just see me just as blur go running right past them.
1: (laughs) So I I look at the, mm -hmm. at my watch and I know we got little league practice. (laughs) Yeah. And if anybody knows me, you know, short hairs, baseball, you know, prioritization is important. Um, It, how your old poor are your kids? wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Boundary Waters cave. <laughs> um oh, how old are your kids? How eight l-
2: eight, six, four, and five months old. Wow. We just had a fourth. and, and you're coaching? Yeah, to both of my boys I'm coaching their baseball. So it's a busy summer. Yeah. We're getting to the end. this is next week is the last week. And
1: then dog training. Kicks into another
2: level.
1: (laughs) And you you got two boys as well, Bill.
0: Two boys as well. A little bit older. A little bit older, 11 and 13 right now. Um, So they're getting to that point. They're harvesting turkeys. You know, they're at the point where they want to walk legitimate pheasant fields. Mm. Um, You know, the habitat's not over their noses. So, yeah, exciting times.
1: Uh, How has being fathers over the course of this television show? Changed your perspective. We'll start with Bill because you. I mean, you've been part of Pheasants Forever Television, The Flush since conception. Careful! <laughs> I feel so you're, old. You're, you're, you're you like should, the Adam man. of the Adam and Eve. <laughs> <Jeez>. of, uh, <laughs> has it changed your perspective on how you do outdoor television or The Flush at all, uh
0: not so much, but it's obviously changed how I hunt mm. and how I fish drastically, right? I was always driven to get out the door, get on the next one. Where am I going next? Oh, my gosh, this adventure. Got to go. Now it is solely about having those experiences for the kids, mm. right? In the fishing boat, I i don't care. You know, like, I don't need to pick up a rod. I'll mm. just move the boat around and let them do their thing. The the turkeys, you know, the last couple of years mm. I have not hunted turkeys and I could care less mm-hmm. because the sensations are all the same, probably more profound because you're watching that next generation, your little mini me mm-hmm. have that success and mm. there's just nothing better. That's cool. You know? So it's it's funny in the industry we're in. Oh, we're Where's the fish biting? Where's the... Like, you go, I don't know. And people almost get disgusted. Like, you're supposed to know. Well, I had soccer practice last right, night. Right. And I'm on the hockey board. You
1: know, Being a dad comes first.
0: And I won't apologize for that. Yep. Believe me. Only get a couple more years and then they're going to be out. And it's just going to be lonely old me walking yeah. a pheasant field. Yeah. Right? Take it while you can get it. Travis, does that feel like?
2: Yeah somebody asked me about this similar question on a different uh, show a couple months ago and I didn't really think about it until we were talking about it and I said well I'm probably not as good of a shot as I was before Mm. Um, I don't get to the range I don't do some of the things I normally would have done when we're out filming it's you know three days four days in the field but there's a day of travel on either side of that so you're gone for a week and you start adding that up over the course of a a short hunting season there's a lot of time that you're gone from that I'm gone and and I value the time with my kids so much and bringing them along and we just my wife and I are really on the same page with raising a family mm. in the outdoors, and we just make it our normal so I take them with everywhere I go. they've been hunting with me since they were two years old, some mm. of them have been coming out hunting um but yeah, I'm not taking my own personal trips necessarily. I'm not on the trap Check. league that I maybe would so mm-hmm. I'm you know but if somebody you know i get we do get this a lot and they say you know oh if you get somebody that's a better shot on that show or something like that and i just chuckle and and i would much rather be known as a better father Mm -hmm. than a better shot if i could choose one or the other so you're pretty good at both i think i think (laughs) i hit a few birds every once in a while but really just being able to bring my kids along and being there with them and you know there's they're so much fun to see things through their eyes you know when we're out there and i remember my four year old boy standing there dad there's a grouse right here Mm. and it was it (laughs) flushed and he just about fell backwards you know we got into a whole family of grouse on on a walk and we came back and it was just like i don't know i mean i i could talk about my experiences with my kids all day every day but i
1: when i'm not working that's where my time goes all right let's get you to not be working. Let's get you (laughs) to literally, I'm watching the clock. Batting practice starts in 10. So the flush on Outdoor Channel, uh, Mondays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, Wednesdays, 6.30 a.m., Fridays, 5.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8.30 a.m. Final thoughts, guys. Um, Let me ask this. I know, so as we uh, record this in the middle of summer, Season is now underway. Um, Your focus, although the season's happening now, your focus is on next year. Mm -hmm. You're collecting story ideas. You're planning your calendar um, for this fall and what's going to air next season. Um, If people have story ideas, I know you're interested in hearing them. How how do they submit them to you?
2: Yeah, you can go to theflush.tv, or if you go online on social media or on Google just type the flush television you're going to find us yeah. and there's a f- contact form on our website you can just send us pers- or direct messages on Facebook or Instagram and they will come to me um, one way or another they'll, they'll get to me. What I always tell people, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really good stories out there that have happened. Mm-hmm. And people want to tell us about those. And I tell them, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But we produce TV, and Bill would agree with this. We have to see that mm-hmm. in order to have a television show about it. So that's a great article for a magazine. Because it's forever yeah. yes. yes, exactly. <clears> we need to see. Tell me what's coming up that you're mm-hmm. going to go on. Take us on an adventure. If you had three or four days of the best adventure you could think of what would that look like when where how
0: ptarmigan hunting colorado there you go.
2: <laughs> what,
1: what i would go back in a second so what is what's on the calendar mm. this fall that you're just one thing you're singularly most excited about start with travis bob i literally got the phone with our travel agent to
2: book my flights to alaska before you walked in the door. Nice. yeah that's been on the top of my bucket so list. so are you going
1: early or late uh early okay
2: yeah yeah it would be early well it'd be the day after labor day is what we're looking at good
0: for you because i know and you're going there for what reason (laughs)
2: well, <laughs> apparently there's more ptarmigan in Alaska <laughs> than there might be in Colorado. <laughs> I'm getting that bird. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think we talked
1: last year. Their season goes into March. Yeah, it starts it in August, too. Yeah, it was one of the thoughts, like, well, maybe you're going to go. So, well, there's a snowshoe
2: angle, hunting them on mm-hmm. snowshoes. There's also the beauty of Alaska mm-hmm. in the prime season. and The I tundra think, being gold. Yeah, the golden tundra. So we're going to aim for that. There's a lot of. Hoops, there's uh mm-hmm. you know, that's it's it's all tentative if I can line up all the other pieces to it. There's a float plane angle, there's also filming permits, mm-hmm. there's things that I need to line up. So it's not set in stone, but I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you mentioned, you know, like we're in this season. The day I wrote my last script. I didn't even take the rest of the day and just like celebrate. I was already fielding questions about like because we had a meeting right away for this next season, mm. and of course Bill and I produce other TV too. too, so we're we're in the, we're on the go year
1: round. Yeah. So you went on a snipe hunt last year, Bill. Rails this
0: year. What's next? <laughs> I I don't need smaller birds. I need bigger <laughs> birds. <laughs> 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 There's so many, right? Like. I'm looking forward to just regular old pheasant hunts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As sick as it sounds, crossed. we're going to
1: have some birds. Yeah, out Yeah,
0: I like. I'm looking forward to busting cattails at some point, <laughs> you know, and and <laughs> you obviously lie. I, nobody, I look, nobody looks forward to busting your cattails. Yeah, we do. You know, early in the season, I yeah. I've always had a soft spot for woodcock and grouse, yeah. and we're going to try to get out to the east coast cool. because we're overdue um, to highlight that tradition and. It just it never ends. And that that's the point of the show. Yeah. There are so many dang opportunities. They're not always obvious. They're not always right in front of you. But if you go do a little bit of work, oh my gosh. Yeah. It'll change your life <laughs> forever. Right? Fourteen
1: thousand feet up. <laughs> <laughs> well, to that point, telling a story where there are quote unquote no kills on camera. But telling a story that's compelling television. Thank you guys for being the the OGs, the original <laughs> brand ambassadors. Sure appreciate the peasants, partnership. And you back.
0: guys have been unbelievable partners for a long, long time. And keep it up.
1: I, and, and friends. I remember... Stories that we won't tell on the podcast of bachelor parties and Kool-Aid, but, What's uh, bachelor parties.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a separate, uh, behind, yeah, behind
0: that the would lights. actually be a great episode. <laughs> I know, but we'll, we'll record that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need more disc space. <laughs> Just don't bring Rob. He'll fall in a hole and that'll ruin everything. Don't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks fellas. Thanks Appreciate Bob. It.
1: Thanks Bob. All right. I, thanks for listening folks. Um, contrary to – got to go back and listen to the John Zeman episode with Travis Frank because he was giving me grief for my closer, but I'm still going to use it, John, and everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thanks for listening, folks.